So you're driving down the road, US 95 to be precise, a full day of tourist attractions under your belt. From ghost towns to wild donkeys to an alien-themed brothel, it seems as though this swath of desert road couldn't get any stranger. You begin to grow weary, realizing the sun is setting and you need to find a place to sleep. You look into the distance. A figure is waving at you. You can only make out the flash of scarlet hair and a wider-than-usual grin. As you approach, you realize with horror, or perhaps excitement, that the maniacal smile belongs to a giant clown, surrounded by flashing marquee lights with clown motel scrawled beneath. Is this some sort of hellish mirage? Though it looks to have been crafted from a nightmare, the world-famous clown motel in Tonopah, Nevada is in fact very, very real, with over 2,000 clowns in the lobby and a history full of hauntings. Welcome to Interstate Odyssey, the first and only podcast dedicated to uncovering the history of America's most beautiful and bizarre roadside attractions. Going coast to coast and everywhere in between, I'll tell you all about the iconic locations you know and love, and the hidden marvels just down the road. From government cover-ups, to satanic cults, to alien encounters, and real-life mermaids, you won't believe the stranger-than-fiction stories I've uncovered about these uniquely American places. Come along for the ride with the Ultimate Road Trip Podcast, and join in the adventure on your very own interstate odyssey. So before I get started, I just want to say that I can't believe that this is the 10th episode of Interstate Odyssey. For those of you who have been listening since the beginning, thank you so, so much. I really am so grateful for all of the enthusiasm and positive feedback this whole operation has been met with. I'm always kind of incredulous when I finish writing a new episode that I'm still making these and that I've actually cultivated an audience who likes learning about this weird, wonderful world of roadside attractions and coming along with me on these deep dives into places that are so often forgotten or overlooked. If you aren't already following me on Instagram, give us a follow at Interstate Odyssey. I post a lot of stuff about the episodes along with other random attractions and photos that I come across while doing research that I think my listeners would be interested in. We're also slowly but surely expanding our reach into YouTube for those of you who are inclined towards the more audiovisual end of the content spectrum. But for now, let's get back to the Clown Motel. The primary colored structures stand alone, with a motel and connecting office outfitted with even more clowns. It's so colorful, it distracts from how out of place it looks in the Nevada desert, but not quite flashy enough to draw the eye away from its companion. The former mining town's century-old cemetery, complete with stories of eternal residents who had succumbed to horrific tragedies like mine fires and mysterious plagues. Side by side, they sit in opposition, a grim choose-your-own-adventure for anyone bold enough to explore the area. Settled halfway between Reno and Las Vegas, the town of Tonopah holds many secrets. The Clown Motel turned out to really only be the tip of the iceberg. According to the Tonopah website, the town has a population of 2,000, seemingly home to more ghosts than living people, what with their long list of haunted locations. Local spirits with nicknames like the Lady in Red are known to frequent many other establishments throughout the small town as well. 
Old Tonopah Cemetery sits next to the Clown Motel and is where the original residents of the town are buried. About 300 Tonopans are interred at this location, with the cemetery being in operation from 1901 to 1911. Basically, everyone who has covered the Clown Motel or town of Tonopah has misattributed the closing of the cemetery due to a need for larger space. According to the Tonopah Town website, they actually had plenty of space. It was because of the nearby Tonopah Extension Mine that was destroying the headstones because of the debris, or tailings as it's known in mining terms, that were covering the graves and wearing away at them. The Extension Mine ended up footing the bill for a new property that would be further away from their operation as to not cause any more damage. John Randall Weeks was the first person to be buried there in 1901, but less than a year later, in 1902, he had company in the form of many victims of what is now described as a mysterious plague that we still don't know the cause of. Wait, that's another claim that has also been debunked by the Tonopah Town website as well. It turns out that the quote-unquote plague that swept through the town in 1902 actually took place in 1905 and wasn't due to any sort of viral presence, but instead a severe lack of sanitation with the most deaths occurring near the local slaughterhouse. The misattribution of this event happening in 1902 is most likely because of the higher-than-usual deaths due to pneumonia between 1901 and 1902, where around 27 people perished from the illness. None of them were really that mysterious, and all of these cases were documented in the local newspaper of the time. But I know, I know, it's not as exciting. Other residents include the victims of the Tonopah Belmont mine fire, which claimed 14 victims in 1911. Though it's unsettlingly close to the Clown Motel, the cemetery is hauntingly beautiful. It looks like it's directly out of an old boomtown, very no country for old men. Visitors that have dared to venture into the cemetery often report feeling a strange presence or a feeling of someone watching them. And between the Clown Motel and the sign that warns of open graves, this place is not for the faint of heart, and only the bravest of visitors explore the property after sunset. Tonopah began as a mining town after a prospector named Jim Butler discovered silver all over the land. Apparently, in May of 1900, he picked up a rock to throw at one of his donkeys that had wandered away, and instead of lobbing it at the animal, he realized it was super heavy and was actually a big old chunk of silver. The only person more excited than Jim in that moment was probably that donkey who had just narrowly avoided a rock to the dome, but the discovery led to the second largest silver rush in Nevada history. After the discovery of silver, Tonopah became a boomtown, with new residents pouring in looking to get a piece of the action. By 1901, less than a year after the initial discovery, the town of Tonopah grew around the mine. The once unpopulated area had become home to 650 new residents, boasting restaurants, lodging, six different saloons, and had even attracted a few doctors and lawyers. The local newspaper was called the Tonopah Bonanza and often chronicled local bar fights, robberies, and wedding announcements. This was around the same time that the most haunted establishment in Tonopah was built as well. Just because the Clown Motel was built next to the old cemetery didn't mean it could claim the title of the most haunted place in Tonopah. That honor is reserved for the Mizpah Hotel, located in the downtown area. Built in 1907 and often referred to as the Jewel of the Desert, the Mizpah was the first permanent structure to call Tonopah home, and reigned as the tallest building in Nevada for 20 years with its five stories. 
the gorgeous interiors were reflective of the time it was built in, featuring elegant Edwardian elements that were popular after the turn of the century, including the first elevator to be operated west of the Mississippi. The hotel was restored in 2011 by the descendant of the first postal matron in nearby Goldfield. The new owners maintain much of the Mizpah Hotel's original boomtown opulence, which has made it a hotspot for paranormal activity. Its most active resident is called the Lady in Red, a spirit who is known to roam the halls of the Mizpah and favors room 502. The legend goes that she was a local courtesan who met a grisly demise when a wealthy former client murdered her in cold blood in the hallway outside of room 502. I really can't find any definitive information on whether or not there's a real person or people connected to this story, but it's definitely the most oft-recited legend in Tonopah, with countless sightings from those who dare to stay on the fifth floor of the hotel. The town flourished with the opening of the Tonopah Belmont Mining Company, and for the next 20 years, Tonopah District produced over $120 million in profits from the local gold, silver, and copper mines. Of course, all good things must come to an end, and by all good things I mean capitalistic enterprises rooted in the extraction of non-renewable resources. After the Great Depression, only four mining companies remained in Tonopah, and by the end of World War II, coupled with the 1942 fire that destroyed the extension mill and nearby hotel, nobody was looking for silver in Tonopah anymore. In 1947, the hope of a rebirth was squashed with the Tonopah and Goldfield railroads shutting down and thusly tearing up the actual rails, damning the small town to a fate that was all too common in the Wild West. If not for the U.S. government's interest in the surrounding area as a military testing site, Tonopah might have faded away into obscurity. Instead, the town had managed to become involved in one of the only enterprises more dangerous than mining, nuclear bombs. The town actually earned the nickname Area 52 from its involvement in nuclear testing and the development of formerly classified stealth attack aircrafts like Lockheed's F-117. Of course, the notorious Area 51 isn't too far away either. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, US-95, or the road that the Clown Motel is situated on, has some pretty unique offerings almost as if it were a concentrated caricature of all the things that make Nevada, well, Nevada. Now that I've told you about Area 52, it's time to mention the Area 51 Alien Center in Amargosa Valley. Facing the California border and thusly Death Valley, the Electric Green Building sits against the backdrop of what we know as Area 51, aka the very off-limits military base and alleged underground alien aircraft testing site. The Area 51 Alien Center was actually the initial location of where the infamous Storm Area 51 event in 2019 was supposed to convene, but was eventually moved to Rachel, Nevada instead. If you haven't seen the episode of All Gas, No Breaks that was filmed there, go watch it. It's iconic. The only thing that could be weirder than this random tourist trap is the fact that it's connected to a legal brothel called the Alien Cat House. This is the extraterrestrial-themed branch of a string of infamous brothels dotted across rural Nevada, run by the late Dennis Hoff. 
who was the subject of an early aughts documentary on HBO called Welcome to the Cat House that nobody I know has actually seen and it's not on HBO Max either. For those of you who like to keep up with the Kardashians, you might have heard about one of these brothels that he owned as it was the site of Khloe Kardashian's ex-husband Lamar Odom's 2015 drug overdose. According to tabloids, he had paid around $75,000 for like 48 hours of two women giving him what they called a girlfriend experience, which basically meant hanging out and doing a bunch of cocaine with him and like 10 doses of something referred to as natural male enhancement drugs. Cool. Like I said before, the Clown Motel is only the tip of the US 95 iceberg. Other features of this 200 mile stretch of highway include the Goldwell Open Air Museum, with large-scale installations. Some in familiar vignettes like a ghostly Last Supper, mirrors shaped like headstones in a cemetery, and a giant Venus sculpture that looks straight out of Minecraft. If art isn't your cup of tea, the ghost towns of Rhyolite and Goldpoint aren't far away, not to mention the international car forest of the Last Church, with its sprawling collection of old cars that seem to be growing out from the desert ground, giving off a vibe that it could be the set of a new Mad Max sequel. Speaking of scenes pulled from a Mad Max set, not too far from these other spots sits the Silver Peak Lithium Mine, which is positively otherworldly. Unlike other bodies of water in the area, these salt ponds are colored a bright synthetic neon teal. They're the evaporation ponds that run alongside Silver Peak Road, with their glowing hue attributed to lithium extraction, a surprisingly important resource that's unique to the area. And before we get back to the Clown Motel, this wouldn't be a podcast made in 2021 if I didn't mention everyone's favorite quirky, not like other billionaires, billionaire Elon Musk, who at one point considered buying up these lithium mines for his electric car empire. At the moment, there's a race against the clock to figure out if there's a way to get this stuff out of the ground without costing more than it's actually even worth, so that's currently on the back burner. It's also apparently the site of a very disturbing murder that took place a little less than a decade ago, but that's a story for another time. You turn this on for the Clown Motel, so I'm going to give you the Clown Motel. The intent behind the Clown Motel was surprisingly wholesome. Now, remember, before nightmarish characters like Pennywise became household names, the unassuming clown had a beloved place in history. In 1985, a couple named Leroy and Leona David, wait, no, siblings named Leroy and Leona David were clown stands, and since they already had one successful hotel running in Tonopah, they figured it was time to construct their opus, a shrine dedicated to their love of adorable, cuddly clowns. And what better place to build this whimsical hotel than directly next to the original Tonopah Cemetery, like I mentioned before. The hotel was created in honor of their late father, Clarence David, who died in the Tonopah Belmont Mine Fire, which some sites attribute to the 1911 event, while others cite a fire from 1942 that happened at Belmont and had led the mine to close. I believe this is the fire that their father Clarence died in, but again, there's like no definitive answers on this. Actually, before I get into the motel itself, let's talk about the history of the clown for a moment, since it's not at all what you might expect. Here's a weird concept. Priests and clowns had basically interchangeable roles at one point in history. 
Yeah, according to Wikipedia, evidence of the very first clowns were found in ancient Egypt and date back to about 2400 BC, or the fifth dynasty of Egypt, long before the likes of familiar faces like Cleopatra or Ptolemy. So, like I said before, these ancient clowns served a very specific purpose that was unlike a court jester in that they weren't there to just do spit takes and pratfalls. They seemed to instead have a more nuanced trickster role that was focused on dichotomy, light versus dark, serious versus comical, etc. Clowns or trickster figures have been found throughout many different cultures, from ancient Greek to Italian to French to Native American. With the passage of time, clowns, jesters, and general trickster characters were all blended into one character that we can all recognize, usually skewing towards the imagery of a circus clown. By the by, there is like a ton of different clown types and clowning styles, and these guys have popped up throughout Western culture in operas, theater, film, they're everywhere. It wasn't until the 20th century, however, that clowns began to take on a different role in society. Gone were the days of wholesome, gleeful clowning. The YouTube channel In Praise of Shadows has a great long-form video that chronicles this transition aptly titled The History of Scary Clowns. According to that video, the clowns in horror idea popped up around the 1970s, but the first evil clown character that really embedded itself into American culture was the one and only Joker. This comic book villain was initially featured in the Batman comics all the way back in the 40s, and at the time kind of stood alone as the bad egg of the clown world. So, why did the concept of the clown get such a bad rap in the 70s? If you're a true crime junkie, you might already know the answer. It was actually ripped from the headlines of a very real, very well-known serial killer named John Wayne Gacy. You've probably heard of this well-documented case of the Midwestern KFC manager and local birthday clown who moonlighted as one of the most notorious, depraved serial killers in American history. After he was arrested, photos circulated of him dressed as his character Pogo the Clown, and suddenly those idiosyncratic comedians in face paint didn't seem so warm and fuzzy anymore. Even psychologists attribute John Wayne Gacy to the inception of chlorophobia, or the overwhelming fear of clowns. Outside of a couple B-movies featuring creepy clowns, the formal induction of the killer clown trope into mainstream media and film was another familiar face. Aren't you going to say hello? Thanks to Stephen King's novel It, and subsequent movie featuring the incomparable Tim Curry as Pennywise. I remember when I used to go to Blockbuster with my dad and sister, I was so scared of the movie It, I would make a very concerted effort not to even go near the aisle that featured the VHS tape with Pennywise's face on the cover. Come on, Growing up in an age where really the only clown content that I consume is horror-related, it's difficult for me to fathom why people would be unironically interested in clowns that are not scary. But, as the Clown Motel illustrates, the world still has some serious enthusiasts. By 1995, the David siblings were looking to sell the Clown Motel, and they found an eager buyer in Bob Burchetti, who was basically a local Tonopah legend. Known as the Tonopah Kid, Burchetti was a pillar of the community, 
He was a clown enthusiast and wanted to expand the collection, and enjoyed the added bonus of having a haunted cemetery right next to the property. In an interview with a website called The Face, Prochetti said, I tell people the cemetery is haunted. If you take a flashlight and go out there at midnight, you might hear or see something. It's an asset to the clown motel to have the cemetery next to us. He was really the one who saw the potential of the clown motel to be more than a motel, and instead, as he put it, a bucket list location. He welcomed the unorthodox clientele that an oddity like the Clown Motel attracted, but maintained the original owner's enthusiasm for clowns. Meaning, happy clowns took center stage, as opposed to more sinister characters. That being said, Perchetti wasn't one to shy away from the haunted aspects that came with being next to a century-old cemetery. Hello, sir. How are you? I don't know. In a 2000 episode of Ghost Hunters, Prochetti and the motel took center stage, with this being one of the earlier chronicles of the infamous location. Luckily for all of you listening, I watched the entire episode so you don't have to because, oh my god, the only thing scarier than a room full of clowns is the guy who hosts this show. I think, honestly, that would take the cake to see a, a ghost clown waving at you. After 20 years of running the Clown Motel and ushering it into the 21st century, Bob Prichetti decided that it was time to sell, but not to just anyone. The sale would be conditional upon the agreement that whoever bought the property would keep the Clown Motel. For just under a million dollars, one lucky buyer would carry on that legacy. So, in 2017, a man named Hamanand traveled from India to the United States with his very own clown collection and became the new owner of the Tonopah, Nevada Clown Motel. His family that lived in Vegas had already been in the motel business for years and had been trying to convince him to join the family enterprise. Previously unconvinced, Anand had worked in advertising in New Delhi with no intention of buying his own motel. But, just like his predecessor, he saw a huge opportunity in the Clown Motel, and specifically the adjoining cemetery. For a self-proclaimed clown lover with a knack for business, this opportunity was too good to pass up. Thanks to Anand, who refers to himself as the CEO of the operation, the Clown Motel has definitely shifted from a very unironic respect and enthusiasm for clowns and has leaned into the scary clown trope, which has kept it relevant. The rooms now feature portraits of famous clowns and other horror movie characters, which is a stark departure from the more serious clown imagery. Originally, the motel had hints of clowns, a more understated approach, if you will. The original building had two giant clowns outside of the office that are still currently there, waiting to greet visitors. In the initial days of the establishment back in the late 80s, the clown collection was only about 200 strong. They had belonged to the owner's late father, which was more of a tribute to him than the clowns themselves. Though wildly off-putting and sort of bizarre, the place had a more wholesome feel to it. Even though it had a massive marquee sign with a waving clown beckoning drivers to check out what on earth was going on there. As it stands today, the clown motel looks more nightmarish, almost a caricature version of the original, if that's even possible. The formerly whitewashed buildings are now covered in dark brown paint and thousands of colorful polka dots. The trim is a bright banana yellow, with multicolored motel room entrances, each featuring their very own clown hanging on the door. Previously, the interior of the rooms, from what I could find on YouTube, were spartan to say the least. 
a standard, somewhat rundown motel room with a couple of Norman Rockwell-esque circus clown illustrations that looked more quirky than scary. The subtlety was unsettling, perhaps because it had such a strangely unassuming quality to it. Like, the original clown motel, to me at least, feels like it would be the perfect setting for a horror movie to play out. The current rooms are in on the gag and have gone full tilt 80s slasher film tributes, with each room featuring a different movie villain. It's become a horror YouTuber's paradise. Seriously, there is an endless quantity of YouTube videos featuring men ranging from early 20s to late 40s filming themselves and their friend, yelling into the camera that they've arrived at the scariest, most haunted clown motel ever to have existed. What's up, guys? It's Clowns. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to my channel. We are at the number one most terrifying hotel in all of America. If you don't believe me, look it up. We are in front of the world famous... Anyways. The updated rooms now feature massive Pennywise and Linda Blair murals in their themed rooms that are both garish and disturbing, so I'm sure sleeping under its looming presence would be troubling, to say the least. As I went through the website's room offerings, I scrolled past one, only to scroll back up in confusion. The featured quarters at the Clown Motel is a themed room called the Clownvis Suite. As someone who prides themselves on having a decent knowledge of horror movie icons, I was baffled at who this new character might be. Well, I know where I'll go, baby, when I die. I know where I'm gonna spend my afterlife when I die. I'm gonna haunt the clown motel. Well, it's sweeter than heaven. Oh my god, Clownvis, my new hero, my icon, the clown motel mascot. I take back what I said about hating clowns, I have officially been converted by the sweet, sweet stylings of my new favorite entity, Clownvis. At this point, I'm sure you're wondering what the hell I'm talking about. Clownvis, known in the human realm as Michael Leahy, is a comedian and clown Elvis hybrid impersonator who is fucking prolific on YouTube. When I saw the initial Clown Motel video, I genuinely thought it was some random one-off from the early days of YouTube, but oh how very wrong I was. The video is from, like, less than six months ago. Clownvis has graced the stage of America's Got Talent, frequently performs in comedy clubs, and has been described by LA Weekly as better than the real Elvis. I guess I'm late to the game, but now I'm a dedicated Clownvis stan. Evidently the Clown Motel is too, given that he has his own tribute room that's become the most coveted spot in the joint. How could you not love Clownvis? I mean, who cares about Jailhouse Rock when you've got hits like Don't Be a Bitch or You Won't Get Anything for Christmas and Jesus Christ Eating on a Chicken Wing. But I digress. <laughs> the Clown Motel is getting more and more popular by the year. What was once a sleepy mining town oddity is now a viral sensation with a cult following. Unlike some of the other attractions I've covered, this one has transitioned into the world of social media with aplomb, often being one of the first accounts to interact with my clown motel-related posts on Instagram. Come to think of it, perhaps I should start campaigning for an Interstate Odyssey-themed room at the motel. I can see it now. Retrofuturistic clown robots, space-age decor, it'd be a whole mood. Currently, the motel has a lot on its plate. Two of the cast members of 90 Day Fiancé recently finished their honeymoon on the property, and it's become a popular spot for shooting indie films. So popular, in fact, one of the recent productions is currently embroiled in a conflict with the Screen Actors Guild, or SAG-AFTRA. According to the Guild, a Do Not Work notice has been issued surrounding the production of a project aptly titled The Curse of the Clown Motel, due to violations of something called the Global Rule 1, which is 
apparently pretty common and usually has more to do with unsigned contracts than anything that's actually nefarious. Less common are the other infractions that SAG has claimed that the indie production company is in breach of, specifically violations of safety guidelines, likely referring to COVID safety measurements not being properly followed. To be clear, I don't think this has anything to do with the Clown Motel itself, but just this specific production that's utilizing its property. Either way, I'm just interested to know more about this movie and if filming will continue, so I'll be keeping tabs on this saga as it continues. The Clown Collection, now 2,000-something strong, only continues to grow. If I had any advice about visiting the Clown Motel in Tonopah, Nevada, it would be to visit sooner rather than later, because this attraction seems to be rapidly attracting more and more popularity as people continue to discover this fabulously creepy spot. And, for less than $50 a night, an experience like the Clown Motel would be too good to pass up on your very own interstate odyssey. This has been a transmission of Interstate Odyssey, episode 10.